You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. Listen, I'm so glad to have you with us today. We're going to have an exciting time in God's Word today. I began a series, a powerful series, a life-transforming series entitled Leadership is not for wimps. The theme of this series is courage. In order to be effective and successful as a leader, you must possess courage. Now, this series, Leadership is Not for Wimps, has three divisions or three parts. In part one, we talked about courage, the quality every leader must possess. In part two or division two, we talk from the subject, decisions will make you or break you. In this third division, in this final part of the series, we're going to talk from the subject, when people say bad things about you. Have you ever had people say some bad things about you? The theme of this part is criticism. We're going to be talking about criticism for three lessons, and I believe that it's going to be powerful. Every successful leader experiences criticism. And I believe that when we have an understanding of criticism, it helps us to lead with courage, to lead with boldness. Now, what is what is criticism? I have a very simple definition. Criticism is the practice of judging the merits or faults of someone or something. It is the practice of judging the merits on one hand or the faults on another hand of someone or something. I have two proof texts, and these leadership lessons are based off Bible, the Bible, Bible principles. So I want to look at Jesus because Jesus was very successful as a leader. And I want to look at the Apostle Paul, who was also very successful as a leader. Now, remember, we're talking about understanding criticism. Now, let's look at John chapter 7, verse 12 and 20 in the New Living Translation. It says, there was a lot of grumbling about him him referring to Jesus, among the crowds. Some argue he's a good man. Now, notice the dichotomy of leadership. Some argue he is a good man, but others said he's nothing but a fraud. Think about that. Some argue he is a good man. Others said he's nothing but a fraud who deceives the people, the dichotomy of leadership. The crowd replied, you're demon-possessed. Now, 
listen, this is Jesus. This is the Messiah. This is the very son of the living God. And yet some people said that he was a good man. He was a prophet. He was the Messiah. And then others said, he's nothing but a fraud that deceives the people. He's demon possessed. Wow. The dichotomy of leadership, contrasting experiences. Every leader will walk through the dichotomy of leadership, will experience some being for him or her and others being against him or her. Now, let's look at the Apostle Paul, and we see that same dichotomy right here in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 8 in the New Living Translation. Paul says, we serve God whether people honor us or despise us, whether they slander us or praise us. We honor God whether they honor us or despise us, whether they slander us or praise us. We are honest, but they call us imposters. The dichotomy of leadership, criticism. Listen, if you're going to walk and be effective as a leader, you're going to experience criticism. I'm sharing something that I'm very personally aware of because through 42 years of pastoring, I experienced praise, but I also experienced the other side. I experienced honor, but I also experienced dishonor. Listen, criticism is a part of the journey. In fact, the Greek philosopher Aristotle said, criticism is something you can avoid easily by saying nothing, doing nothing, or being nothing. Think about that. If you want to avoid criticism, Aristotle said, you must say nothing, do nothing, or be nothing. You see, the truth of criticism is that criticism is unavoidable. If you're going to lead people, criticism is unavoidable. Leaders will be criticized for what they do, and they'll be criticized for what they don't do. It's just a part of the journey. It comes with the territory. If you're going to be an effective leader, you have to demonstrate courage. You have to have a thick skin. And a part of that is being able to handle the criticism. Now, listen, there are two kinds of criticism and two kinds of critics. Two kinds of criticism and two kinds of critics. There is constructive criticism, but on the other hand, there is destructive criticism, and there are critics on 
both sides. Let's talk about constructive criticism. I want to read a text to you, Proverbs 27, verses 5 through 6, in the Passion Translation of the Bible. It says, It is better to be corrected openly if it stems from hidden love. You can trust a friend who wounds you with dishonesty. You can trust a friend who wounds you with his honesty. But your enemy's pretended flattery comes from insincerity. Listen, if you have a close friend, then that close friend has a close-up snapshot of you. They know a lot about you. And a good friend will show you and, and communicate things to you about you that are not praise. Sometimes they'll show you faults that you have. They'll, they'll show you flaws. But that's, that's constructive criticism. Now, when we talk about constructive criticism, let's talk about the intent and, and let's see what the critic is trying to express. Constructive criticism is meant to help, meant to improve. Constructive criticism is meant to help us become aware of blind spots, help us to improve, become aware of blind spots. Constructive criticism is meant to keep communication open, develop character on the inside of us, develop skills. The motive behind it is positive change, positive change. So the critic who is offering us constructive criticism is, is expressing a concern in a caring manner, a concern in a caring manner. Now, this kind of criticism, constructive, will cause discomfort. Yeah, it's going to cause discomfort because we don't like hearing about our flaws. We don't like hearing about our weaknesses. But constructive critics are communicating out of concern. Now, this kind of criticism, constructive, will cause discomfort, but it also will cause an awareness and then thirdly, it will cause introspection. It causes us to look on the inside of ourselves. And then ultimately, it will cause positive results. I'm reminded of the constructive criticism that God uh, used Jethro to give to Moses in the wilderness and he, about his leadership style and how he was counseling the people. He looked at him and said, this is not good the way you're doing that. But Jethro's intent was to help Moses, to improve him in terms of his leadership style, to make him aware of blind spots. And that's the 
intent of constructive criticism. And we all need it. We all need it. We all need constructive criticism because we have blind spots and because we're not perfect individuals. And even if we're Christian leaders, we're not perfect. So we need constructive criticism and we need to embrace it. We need to receive it. We need to be open. We need to uh, create platforms where we can receive constructive criticism. It helps us to grow. But let's look at destructive criticism. Uh, when you look at uh, Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah, and the lead character, Nehemiah, was sent by God to rebuild the wall in Jerusalem. And his motive was right. Uh, he was led by God to do it, but he experienced a lot of criticism. But the criticism that he experienced was not constructive. It was that other kind of criticism, and that is destructive criticism. So let's look at Nehemiah uh, chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. I'll read it in the New Living Translation, and let's contrast destructive criticism with constructive criticism, because as a leader, you're going to have destructive criticism, and we need to be able to to discern the difference between constructive and destructive criticism. Now, in verse 1 of the fourth chapter, it reads, Sanballat, and Sanballat was a critic, was very angry when he learned that we were rebuilding the wall. Now, Sanballat was in league with several other individuals who were critics of what Nehemiah was trying to do. And they offered much destructive criticism. So I want you to listen at the contrast of destructive criticism with constructive criticism. It says, Sam Ballot was very angry when he learned that we were rebuilding the wall. He flew into a rage. Isn't it interesting how people can get angry about something that does not involve their participation? No one had asked Sanballat to build the wall. No one had asked Sanballat to invest in building the wall. No one had asked Sanballat anything, and yet he's angry about a project that he doesn't have any skin in the game. In other words, that it wasn't costing him anything. It was not costing him. There was no demand on him. And it's absolutely amazing how negative critics get all angry about something that's really not their responsibility. A demand is not placed on them. No request is asked of them, and yet they get angry about what someone else is doing. You have to be able to handle that as a leader. 
So he got angry. The, the scripture says, flew into a rage. And the next part of the verse says, and he mocked the Jews, saying in front of his friends and negative critics, have friends that they talk to. And usually they talk behind your back. Now watch this. Sam Balak speaking to in front of his friends and the Samaritan army officers said this. What does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they're doing? What does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews thinking they're doing. In other words, what's constructive about this? I mean, what's constructive about calling someone else doing a project poor, feeble Jews, a bunch of poor, feeble Jews? It's obvious that this is negative criticism. Do they think they can build a wall in a single day by just offering a few sacrifices? Nothing in the in the in the whole chapter communicates that Nehemiah's intent was to build that wall in a single day. This is destructive criticism. Do they actually think they can make some something of stones from a rubbish heap? How how are they gonna build a wall out of this rubbish heap? That's the criticism. And this, and, and the rubbish heat are char charred at this. Now listen to this. Tobiah, who was also a critic, jumped in. This is one of the friends and partners of Sanballat. Tobiah the Ammonite, who was standing beside him, remarked, that stone wall would collapse if even a fox walked along the top of it. Now notice you got him saying, the wall is so flimsy, so weak, that if a fox, small animal, walked on top of the wall, it would collapse. Okay, what is constructive about this? I mean, what is positive about the criticism? Sam Ballard, Tobiah, they have no skin in the game. In other words, they're not committing anything. They're not contributing anything. There's no demand on them. And there are so many people, and I hope that's not you, who criticize things that's not their business. They're criticizing something that somebody else is doing and somebody else, and, and they become a self-appointed critic. That's not you. I hope that's not you. So let's look at destructive criticism. We looked at what uh, constructive criticism was meant to do. Let's see what destructive criticism is meant to do. It is meant to hurt. Destructive criticism is meant to humiliate. Destructive uh, uh, criticism is meant to belittle. We see that in the text. Hurt, humiliate, belittle. It is meant to manipulate the situation. Wow, think about that. Destructive criticism is meant to manipulate the situation and to manipulate people. And we'll see why in a moment. It's meant to maintain control. You see, Sam Ballard and some of these other guys were officials in the land. And, and so 
In other words, they had a, a realm, uh, a degree, a dimension of control. And here Nehemiah is coming from the outside trying to do something positive. And we should be happy when somebody's trying to do something positive. Even if in the area where we live, we should be excited about it. But they had control, see, of that region in that area in terms of the people looking to them. Now the outsider is coming in and people are looking to Nehemiah. And, and the criticism, the intent, and we're going to get deeper in, in our next episode on why people criticize others. But we see here it is meant to maintain control, to blame to get attention, it is meant to stop progress. Think about that, to stop the progress. Here is a city, has no walls, and walls were important in those days as a means of protecting. God puts on the heart of someone to come in and rebuild the wall and will protect the whole city, and you have people who want to stop the progress. Now, I wish I could say this was true only of the unsaved world, but unfortunately, in the body of Christ, in Christendom, we find individuals who want to see others not be successful and and want to see others not progress. And we see this kind of criticism flowing through the body of Christ, which is very unfortunate. So let's look at the critic's motive. And like I said, we'll get into it even deeper in our next session. The critic's motive is to derail the vision to cause alienation, to cause suspicion. That is unfortunate. That is so unfortunate that I would take upon myself to derail another man, another business, another church, another man or woman of God. I would take it upon myself through my criticism to derail their vision. That's an unfortunate reality, but every leader has to navigate uh, situations like this. The, the, the critic's strategy, talking about negative criticism, the critic's strategy is mocking. We saw that in the text. Ridicule, rumors, intimidation, false accusation, character assassination, and misinformation. Misinformation. Think about it. Sam Ballot, Tobiah, actually came up with this rumor and this idea, nothing more than misinformation. Here they come in and they're going to try to build this wall in a single day. They Nehemiah knew it would take more than a single day. And negative criticism always communicates misinformation. 
And I, you know, unfortunately, I experienced quite a bit of that. But, I, you know, I want to be balanced on it. On the one hand, I experienced some destructive criticism. I experienced some of the ridicule, the mocking, the intimidation, the false accusation, you this, you that, you a false prophet, you a cult leader, you all this. I experienced some of all that. Of the misinformation, the character assassination, and all this kind of stuff, I experienced some of that. But but if I'm balanced, I also experienced some constructive criticism. And I experienced some constructive criticism because I made mistakes. Had nothing to do with the devil, had nothing to do uh, with people persecuting me. I just made mistakes. I have some flaws. And so as leaders, sometimes we make mistakes and sometimes we have flaws. And that's why we're going to get into this and, and see how do we navigate through it because some of the criticism may be for our good. It may help us to improve. We need to weed out the destructive stuff that's designed to derail our vision, designed to destroy our character. Now, we have to weed out that, but we cannot afford to weed out all criticism because some criticism is constructive. Two kinds of criticism. We're talking about constructive criticism, and we're talking about destructive Criticism, And I trust that you were able to see the contrast in terms of the intent, the, what is one is meant to do, what the other is meant to do, the strategies of each uh, critic, because a critic that really loves you wants to help you get better. And sometimes helping someone to get better means to share blind spots, weaknesses, and flaws, and that's uncomfortable. Even though it's constructive, it can be uncomfortable. But then on the other hand, I think Satan is motivating people to communicate destructive criticism serves no purpose. And I hope when this series is completed, that you will totally ignore the destructive criticism. Just let it flow over your back like water on a duck's back. Just let it flow over you, not lose any sleep on those who are destructive. Just lose no sleep, spend no meditation time on things that are designed to destroy you and undermine your vision. And I want to help you to do that. And I believe in just these three lessons, you're going to get enough information, practical information that will help you to deal with criticism when people say bad things about you. In our next episode, listen, it's going to be a blessing. Why do people criticize leaders? We're going to get into the motives and we're going to get into the specifics of why 
people criticize leaders. Listen, I trust you were blessed today. Go back and meditate on this. I have a Thursday podcast, and in my Thursday podcast, it's great. I'm dealing with are you a confident or insecure leader? What kind of leader are you? I believe it's going to be a blessing. So I'll see you next time, and I trust that you will have, and I pray that you will have an outstanding rest of the week.